Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Matters, the podcast that breaks down stigma surrounding mental health. Uh, we want to make mental health okay to talk about around the dinner table, around the water cooler, wherever you're at, we should be able to be open about mental health. This is Tom Duff. I'm the executive director of St. Louis Counseling, therapist at heart, but I also love this business side. So please, as always, uh, if you're a new listener, share the podcast. If you're an old listener, share the podcast. Go to our social media pages. Like us. That's one of the best things you can do uh, for free. All that stuff's for free. Just click, like us, share us, do whatever you got to do. So as always, we have entertaining and interesting guests, and today is no exception. We have Erica Foster, who is with the Cranberg Arts Foundation here in St. Louis. Erica, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing good. It is cold as can be outside, but the sun is out, so that makes me a little bit happier on the inside, I guess. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I got a haircut, so when that sun it's hits nice. the back of my head. Oh, that looks nice. Okay, <laughs> thanks, thanks. But yeah, it hits the back of my head. I'm like, man, that's warm, because um, it's pretty cold out there for sure, haircut. But um. I'm excited today to, um, to be talking with you because you're the community engagement manager with Cranberg Arts, and uh, you br- I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because mm-hmm. you, you have your hand in a lot of different things, and a lot of it has to do with our overall mental health, right? So with Cranberg, how long, well, one, how long have you been with Cranberg, and then what exactly do you do as their community engagement manager? So I've been with Cranberg uh, now for six years. Um, Basically, as community engagement manager, I kind of touch the, all the different venues that we have in the um, infrastructure here in Grand Center, which is now about to be eight venues. Oh. Um, primarily, we started at the Cranberg Arts Center, which is located on the corner of Grand and Olive, mm-hmm. um, kind of beginning with, and I'll put that out, um, the yeah. Wednesday night jazz crawl, uh-huh. um, which is something that... I, I think the community engagement aspect really kind of developed or stemmed from there. Um, just being there weekly and being able to talk to the community about other things that we have going on in the different venues here in the district. Mm-hmm. So cross-pollinating, mm-hmm. um, working closely with the different artists that we have, the different musicians and bringing everybody together as a community within our infrastructure. So what, what do you find passionate about working with these artists and bring them together and, and, and bringing the public to them as well? What, what drives you for that? I think um, just having a, a, a platform or a safe space where people can come together and um, the musicians, that part I hold close and near and dear to me. Um, a, l- a lot of people in my family are musicians or singers. So uh, creating a platform or opportunity for people to express themselves and then connect with an audience is very important um, for a musician or, art- or, or artist. So being a part of the foundation to um, we're an infrastructure for that to bring mm-hmm. music and talent and artistry and a platform together and being the conduit for that that's it's really powerful mm-hmm. so that's the main part i appreciate nice and then the weekly jazz crawl what's that so we begin we have three venues um here in grand center that there's 
we start at KDHX from five to seven. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the Kranzberg Art Center from seven to nine. Then the dark room that's in the Grandel Theater from nine to eleven. The first hour of each of those shows are a professional trio, or maybe sometimes a quartet or um, a solo, uh-huh. but the professional musician has that that time where they either share some of their original work or of course um music that we all know and love i love each space because it has its own character and personality it brings forth different sounds of jazz the second hour of each set allows people to come and jam and you know like be Uh a part of that stage or that that opportunity that community so it's to further jazz you know to keep that spirit alive here in st louis Uh uh-huh Wow, that's pretty cool. And you always hear soothing jazz, right? So it's good for the soul. But music, right? And I mean, so I'm a big believer. I just love music, first of all. Like, I love all types of music and what it does and the mood that it changes. And there's science behind how it changes the endorphins in your brain and it can change your mood. Um, But, you know, you're a musician yourself, right? Singing as well as some instruments, Mm -hmm. right? Um, what's that do for you when you can express yourself or, or what's that do for your your soul, so to speak, or, or your mental health? Since this is Mental Health Matters, got to work that it in is. too. Yes, it's a, actually it's a mental release, I feel like. Um, when I have the opportunity to get on the stage and um, it's not so much about wanting to um, create a fan base or um, entertain for me when it comes to singing. When, when I sing, it's more like I'm just releasing something that's in my soul or my spirit. Um, and what comes from the heart reaches the heart. So typically, you know, there's a reaction there. But then there are some singers and entertainers, musicians, that there's so many different um, mm-hmm. aspects to that. But for me personally, mm-hmm. it's just, it's the release. Mm-hmm. So whether it's through singing, um, yeah, uh, you say a musician. I play a little trumpet, and it's been mm-hmm. a long time. I would love uh-huh. to pick that back up. But it's just that, and being in the moment, you know, and just being vulnerable and, and being able to share with an, another person or audience or community, um, you never know how they may affect another person. But it's a great release uh-huh. for me. Yeah, yeah, and what it does for the the mind, the body, the soul. I mean, that's and that's at times, you know, when we need our own healing and we need maybe even a bad day and, you know, maybe it's just turning, for some people, it's just turning up the radio, right? Or maybe it's not the radio nowadays. What music you're streaming uh, makes me sound old. Just got turned tune in the radio. Um, but, you know, the reality, it's like maybe it's just that, but for people that are that, that level of artist, you know, and sometimes, you know, dance like nobody's watching. You know, there's that whole phrase out there with that. But that's, that's true, real. right? That's <laughs> yeah. real, right? And it's just, even with kids, you can see that as being a core. Like, there's just movement, right? Mm-hmm. And what that does for them. Um, so it's neat to see. Now, something else you started, and it's probably about five years ago, right? Pace. So let's describe that and explain that to everyone, because this is pretty, pretty cool stuff, and I think it's cutting-edge stuff that you're doing as well, too. Oh, nice. So PACE, um, the, it's, I, I broke that word down. The acronym is for Performance, Art, and Creative Expression. And so, you know, with PACE, that kind of goes back to music. Uh, it's creating a rhythm. 
And I feel like pace is, or it has been shown, uh, it, I started February 2020 will be five years for pace. And it creates a rhythm for people in your life, you know, but through an artistic way, um, again, with that release. And then also for an audience to come in and be uh, healed through the arts. So PACE is, is a movement. And um, basically what we do is go from different venues and platforms and bring in different forms of artistry um, it's typically a collaboration of people who wouldn't typically be on the same ticket or, uh -huh. you know, the same platform. So that brings in different demographics of people. And, you know, there's a lot of healing even in the audience because of that. Mm -hmm. um, people coming together that, that typically wouldn't. Like, there may be a rock band or, and spoken word and then uh -huh. tap dancing and comedy wow. on the same ticket. You know, so that's bringing in different forms of artistry and, and different groups of people at the same time. So audience and, and, and artists bringing a platform for all of those people together. So you can really engage, you know, really anybody, you know, mm -hmm. like all those all those kind of different genres. Right. That is all being performed. And also, you know, we we're talking earlier about attention span. You know, we live in the world today of attention span, but it's like four you know four different areas it's like it keeps your your interest yes. as well too yep. now how often are you guys able to kind of get going with that or how often can you guys find a venue to perform in so in the past typically we um i have four different performances or create four different sessions in the year mm -hmm. the first one being february which is the anniversary um it was inspired actually through the time period here um, with Michael Brown mm -hmm. in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And um, right after that, I was speaking with our executive director about some type of programming in the art center for the community at large because we were experiencing a very traumatic, you know, event in the mm -hmm. community. So um, he mentioned, well, maybe 28 days of healing because it was in February. And I said, that's, I like that, but I feel like this healing process may take longer than 28 days. Uh -huh. So um, we just begin in February and each Sunday in February, I always do it. Whatever programming we have is on Sundays. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more of like a fellowship time, a family time. Mm -hmm. um, when I grew up, um, we would go to Sunday evening service. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was another aspect of my family being extended to our church family and just getting together through music and being uplifted through some type of the the word given to us and then food. Mm -hmm. And so I've kept that concept and I do it typically on Sundays and it's called um, a family Sunday series. So um, fe February and June, October. It's mm -hmm. like a cycle. Yeah. Um, every four months, we'll do something on a Sunday for the family to come together. That's cool, too, because it's not just, you know, adults, but it's family, family. right? Oh, wow. So when people are in the audience, um, I'm like, how do you, I mean, what do you feel that vibe? What's that vibe they're bringing in after they're watching some of this healing? It's always very exciting. Um, the most recent 
gathering that we had was in Strauss Park here in Grand Center, mm -hmm. uh, which is right outside of Jazz St. Louis, across the street from the Fox Theater. So people were coming out of the Fox from a performance and going into Jazz St. Louis. And for us to be right there in the park, um, and at the time, um, there was a jazz ensemble from Riverview called mm. Point of View Jazz Ensemble under the leadership of Harvey Lockhart. Mm -hmm. So these young kids were on the stage just singing and performing and they had this massive um, just crowd of people to come that they weren't, I'm sure, expecting at the time. And a lot of them stopped, you know, wow. and they were just a part of it and they took it in. And just to see the smiles on their faces and the younger kids being inspired by these kids on the stage, it's always just such a satisfying, you know, like mm -hmm. a, um, a very gratifying experience mm -hmm. for me to see. Yeah. Well, and it makes, you know, like when you, when you talk about the arts and whatever it may be, right, um, like you, music, different genres of music, art, uh, painting, comedy, you know, whatever it may be. But it's like it makes people stop. So like that example right there, like we live in this busy world and, you know, a lot of times we're not even looking at each other in the eye when we're walking down the street, you know, we don't say hi. But it's like stuff like that makes people stop in their mm -hmm. tracks, you know, and then pay attention and slow down and feel that moment at that time. So that's really cool stuff, you know, especially that example of being in the park and getting those mixed crowds walking yes. by. Yeah. yeah. But what? the one that music like stopped everyone you know mm -hmm. at one at some point at an intersection to say i want to be a part of that you know mm -hmm. so music is definitely a universal um love language well and you think about how we get together right and we have so you know there's so much focuses on focus on the difference you know whether it be political whether it be race whether it be gender whatever but like music a lot of times or the arts like it brings people together, mm -hmm. you know, and you look at that. And sometimes people say it about sports as well, too. But it's like when you really think about the arts and music, it, it, it bridges gaps, it does. you know. And it's like, what can we learn from that to better off our everyday lives? You know, I don't know. But it's like, oh, anyway, I'm getting all fired up again. <laughs> um, uh, pace. So like you felt that that the formation of that come after Michael Brown, mm -hmm. right? So how did you feel? Like, what, what do you think was that driving moment for you? Like, when you realized, you know, kind of the, the crisis St. Louis was under, right? And even the region. Um, and, and even how the media portrayed um, Ferguson on some levels as well, too. But, like, what was driving you to say, like, I got to do something, you know? Um, because it was very um, relevant to me in my life, you know? Um, I had recently experienced a cousin, um, the only cousin that I had on my father's side to be murdered. And it was not through um, the gun violence per se as far as a policeman, mm -hmm. but the reality of l losing, you know, these young men and young people mm -hmm. in our community, it really, um, it stood up in me mm -hmm. because Overall, we're experiencing tr trauma, you know, mm -hmm. um, as a community, not just in our individual homes, but it's affecting everyone. So um, I don't know that it, it was almost like a, a, a mandate that fell on me to say I had to stand up mm -hmm. and create some something 
you know, for the community to begin a healing process because I know um, healing is necessary right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what it's, you know, and I applaud you. I'm doing, you know, air applaud. Um, you can't <laughs> see that on a podcast. Um, but, you know, you took action, you know, and, and you realize where action could be taken because sometimes we feel helpless or we're like, what do we do, you know? But for you, you know, you took action and you know, and, and under the prize of healing, you know, how do we heal? Because that's such a core principle when you look at life, you know, sp spiritual, even not spiritual, like how do we heal from situations in our life and what are the steps taken, you know, and there's outlets and the arts is an outlet mm -hmm. um, and that can reach so many different people, you know, so, so that's awesome. That's, you know, and, and the, your drive as well, of course, um, and when you talk about trauma and, and you know, trauma is everywhere, right? Um, but St. Louis, if you just look at the different levels of trauma we've had over really, I mean, just going back to five years ago, starting with Michael Brown, right? Or a little over five years. Um, I mean, look at everything that's going on in our, in, in the city, in the County, in the region. It's like, there is so much going on mm -hmm. and there's different levels of trauma that we've all experienced. Um, but until we, as a community, try to find some common ground, which could be the arts, mm -hmm. and, and that's where we can maybe find some commonalities and appreciate each other as well, too. Because I think that's the other problem. We don't appreciate, I'm going off on a tangent myself, but we don't appreciate just being a human being and being mm -hmm. a person and finding those core core commonalities of compassion and care, you know, because that's, you know, I really do think people want to do good. You know, like I, I, I come from that standpoint. It's like people aren't born to do bad or to make bad choices. It's like people ultimately want to do good. And I think we all need to remember that. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, so off my tangent now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the other aspect is um, of you, uh, beautician, right? Yeah. Um, also uh, hair and makeup, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, so a lot of times, you know, as a therapist, uh, we know that a lot of times some of the best therapy happens when someone's getting their hair done, right? <laughs> and so I remember a couple of years ago, we were actually trying to, trying to get a grant to help. Um, we're working with a, a city or a church in North City, North County, both really, uh, but try to get a grant to help um, teach Trauma 101 to beauticians and barbers because, you know, one, they're hearing a lot, um, but two, also, how can how can we help educate and understand trauma better on all, mm -hmm. all realms? Because sometimes that's where people feel comfortable. But so my, my question is, is um, when you're in the salon, right? Isn't that a great place for therapy to oh occur? Oh my goodness, yes. Right? I call it salon therapy. Salon therapy, <laughs> right? People are just more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So what, um, I guess like what, what would you want uh, to know more about um, or what are, or what are the things people are sharing, you know, without going into detail, but what are they willing to put out there when they're inside that, that world of salon therapy? So it's been a while since I've been on a, a consistent basis in the mm -hmm. salon now, because I've been w working with the, uh, the, fam the foundation mm -hmm. now for, um, a few years, but before that, like people would talk to you about any and everything you know um a lot of my clientele i had they had they began to be with me for like 
seven, ten plus years, you know, I serviced kids uh, that ended up graduating from high school wow. and college and mm -hmm. you know so they it, it's relationships are established i feel like in salons mm -hmm. and once people feel like they can trust you and um i think in the beginning it's not necessarily them feeling like they can trust you with them their life or their information mm -hmm. you know they're trusting you with their hair yeah. and that's a very vulnerable um, place to be in, you know, you're mm -hmm. laying back, someone's touching you uh -huh. and it's very intimate one-on-one. -on -one. And so that just creates this, another platform or opportunity for conversations and communication to happen. Um, but at that, the, the last time I was really consistent in salons, things that were talked about, it was a lot of things in schools that were taking place. Like I had mm -hmm. a lot of moms who were concerned about, um, I don't know how easily kids were diagnosed with um, behavioral oh. problems and mm -hmm. issues. You know, so at that time, medication um, was a big conversation. Mm -hmm. Should I, you know, stay natural with, with them? Or should I take this on, be a, what is it, AD? ADHD, ADD. ADD. You know, yeah. all these things mm -hmm. were a, a big part of conversation. So um, therapy uh -huh. was a big conversation, you know, as far as, especially in the African-American mm -hmm. community, which my clientele, I try to keep wide open because hair is hair mm -hmm. to me and people mm -hmm. are people. But in the African-American community, therapy and um, even having a conversation with people outside of your family or your, um, you know, your, your circle, mm -hmm. it's almost like taboo. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a big part of those conversations, therapy, uh, uh -huh. going, going to seek counseling to, you know, get the information that maybe they needed mm -hmm. for their kids. So, yeah, kid, yeah. kids and mm -hmm. therapy and or therapy. help for the kids were that was the big conversation. Mm -hmm. So now that's almost seven years. I just mentioned. Yeah, that's almost a decade. So where has that conversation changed now in the salons? Yeah, you know to get support for family um, help. Yeah, that's a good point. And what a what a great place to reach people too, mm -hmm. you know, um, because yeah, you're right. You know, um, cultures approach therapy in very different ways. And I always say, you know, coming to therapy, it's like just going to an objective third party listener, you know, that you can just bounce stuff off of, not feel judged. That's confidential as well too. Cause that's the other thing is trust. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you, when you talk about that, it's like, yeah, that vulnerability, which makes sense, you know, as you were saying, I was like, that makes perfect sense. You're sitting there and your hair, yeah, your hair is really important, right? Yeah. You know I mean? Think about that. Mm -hmm. Like as you get older, when you're a kid, like at first you don't care about it, but then the image is everything. <laughs> and then when, when, I mean, you, you get, pr you're proud when you get a haircut, you know, and all that. And so then having someone you trust to do that is really important. And yeah. so then, so then that relationship, and that's the other thing, everything's about, to me, it's all about relationships, you know, how Absolutely. Um, anything is possible with relationships. And so, so having that relationship and then all, lo and behold, you start trusting, then you start letting those things out um, because then you're not, a, you know, 
ashamed to say like oh my kid's on medication should mm-hmm. i keep him on medication should i not what do you think you know um so yeah it's a great great avenue to be able to to reach people empower yeah 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 you're giving me a lot of ideas if i set up shop in barbers and beautician shops um i mean we could do a lot of good business Absolutely. going there right sure. um go on back to the other room and see the therapist and go out there and get your hair done um mm-hmm. that could be a lot that could be hmm okay. hopefully no one hopefully no <laughs> one's listening to that my competition's not listening to that it doesn't matter they won't have the same vibe yeah there you go there you go i love it um so what is what are your hopes for the community right um when it comes to the arts and healing, like what, if you could paint your picture on what you'd want to do and the impact, like what's some of your sort of dreams, so to speak, where, where we could use the arts in healing hand in hand with some of the major issues we do have in St. Louis. So even beginning with, um, with hair and makeup, a lot of people, a lot of people do not view that as artistry they look at it as a a service Mm -hmm. which it is a service but it's an artistic service like you can change someone's whole um opinion of how they view themselves you know by one session changing Mm -hmm. their opinion uh their appearance or their image Mm -hmm. you know so i really would love to see uh, more brought into the artistic world through um hair and makeup mm-hmm. um it helps with self-esteem it helps with um there's so many people that are experiencing alopecia and um cancer mm-hmm. you know the effects of the side you know the side effects of the medication through mm-hmm. cancer um just so many different things now are affecting our appearance which affects our mental mm-hmm. um and I feel like if we can, um, I want to create not so much a platform for the high end of fashion and, mm-hmm. and beauty, but just to allow people to feel good about themselves, you know, like mm-hmm. everyday people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, There's a song about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, but I so I would love, love to be a part of, like, creating some type of synergy with that. Mm-hmm. Um and and of course, like I said, music is a, a, a it's a universal language. Mm-hmm. Food is a universal language. The culinary arts are not as pronounced, I feel like, as they should be. Um, not only does food affect your 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 physical, but you know, depending on what you take in, it affects mm-hmm. your mental, of course, as well. Um, and then. Just how pretty it is when you prepare certain foods and mm-hmm. you know bringing out the the beautiful the beautiful colors in fruit and vegetables those type of things like I know that might seem a little mm-hmm. they might seem a little different uh, for this uh-huh. conversation but no. so these are the parts of the art industry or world that I would like to see more mm-hmm. pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes total sense, you know, when you talk about that. And, you know, I think even how we as a society need to recognize what is art. And I mean, really, and, you know, arts in the beauty is in the behind the beholder, you know, arts in the eye the beholder, too. And maybe we need to open our minds up a little bit more, you know, and like just talking about hair and makeup, like the, the way you started that is like what that does for people 
is I'm in another lifetime it feels like I used to work um, in treatment centers with kids and then giving them a haircut and teaching them just some basic hygiene mm -hmm. like the, the the smiles like when they look yeah, at themselves the in the mirror yeah the confidence and realizing that's an art and what it does for people yeah. food yeah yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, now that's my game. If we're going to start talking food, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, that alone too, is like not everybody can, and that's the other side is recognizing the talent in people mm -hmm. when they do those, you know, like you said, a lot of people think of this the food service, the hair industry. It, it is an art because um, not everybody can do that. Um, trust me, I've had some bad haircuts over the years, mm -hmm. um, as well as some interesting meals um, <laughs> in different places. But the reality is, yeah, I think we need to open our minds up to, to art. Um, Absolutely. And then what it does for the body and the mind. So, awesome. Well, we've been listening. And let me also say, it all comes back to the mental health, right? When you talk about what, the, what art does, music, and all the different levels of it, it all comes back to us and our overall mental health. And my, my thing is always... We all have physical health and we all have mental health. Don't think, you know, when we hear mental health, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't have mental health issues. No, we all have mental health. Um, it's just like our physical health, right? And so I think we all need to be reminded of that. And some of us are dealing with a mental illness. Some of us have to deal with an emotional health issue. Some are, we're dealing with trauma, but we all have mental health. So when we can appreciate different parts of our everyday lives to slow down, to stop and listen mm -hmm. um, and realize what that impact it does, we're all better off mm -hmm. in our daily lives. So Erica, it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more today. Um, and with um, Kranzberg Arts Foundation, um, please um, check them out as well too. The Jazz Crawl sounds, and that's a weekly Wednesday event, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that sounds so really... Wednesday? Oh my gosh, today's Wednesday. So mm -hmm. you're ready to roll yeah, for the I'm night, ready. right? <laughs> so that's a wonderful opportunity as well, too. After a long day of work stress or just life stress, go on out and um, enjoy Jazz Crawl, right? Yes. So awesome. All ages. It's free. Um, each venue, like I said, has its own personality. Typically at KDHX, um, you may hear sounds from TJ Mueller. Um, it's more like that 20 sound ragtime. Uh -huh. Very cool. I love the ambiance and um, in that space is very intimate. It's a very cool, like happy hour time. Uh -huh. Then at Kranzberg Art Center from seven to nine, it's very family oriented. We've had, I think uh, the youngest person I've seen on stage was like eight years old. He was super wow. cool. Yeah. And then we have a lot of older people in uh, that community, that, that setting that comes in. And so they've been around the jazz community for a long time and, and they're considered like mentors, you oh, know. Wow. Um, so it's really great to see the different dynamics and the different demographics of people that come in and celebrate that genre of music together. Uh -huh. Um then at the dark room from 9 to 11, that's more the laid back. Um, mm -hmm. But each week the sound is different there, but it's, it's more of a um, progressive sound, more contemporary. Mm -hmm. It's a really great ending for uh, hump day. Yeah, very yeah. nice. <laughs> awesome. And that starts at KDHX? KDHX, 5 to 7. 5 to 7. Kranzberg Arts Center which is at the corner of Grand and Olive from seven to nine. And then it concludes at the dark room in the Grandel theater um, in the lobby area 
from 9 to 11. Perfect. So get out there every Wednesday. Go enjoy it. Do some relaxation. Take care of your mental health. And Erica Foster, it has been a pleasure. And we'll be talking soon. Look forward to it. Thank you so much. All right. This has been Mental Health Matters. Tom Duff, check us out at stlouiscounseling.org. Until next time, take care. See you later. This has been Mental Health Matters with Tom Duff of St. Louis Counseling Services. Check out stlouiscounseling.org for more information.